Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back and we have a great two-part series for you guys. It's called Realtor Mindset Mastery Secrets to an Unstoppable Success. Now, we have noticed that a lot of you are struggling with your mindset as we approach the new year. And uh, frankly, it's because you're intaking a lot of information that even the uh, person with the strongest mindset would have a hard time ingesting without feeling a little bit upset. That was yes. a lot of, that was, that was well said. That is well said. And Go it's me. true. Yeah. Exactly. Go you. A very... Well, facty type of sentence there. Well, they are surrounded by that. Yeah. And the the thing you got to really keep in mind before we get to our first point is that you are in control of more of your mindset than you actually think based on the information that you are allowing in your head. It really is that simple. And I'll give you an example. I have had uh, coaching clients after coaching clients over the last 20 years who I can, I've gotten to know to the level where I can tell whether or not they're, you know, joining their, basically spending too much time on Facebook or spending too much time on their news channels that are causing them to feel over-politicized or mm-hmm. feel, causing them to feel fear. Because if you think about all the stuff that's out there, all the salacious clickbaity headlines, all the, you know, newspaper articles, everything, what's the overarching emotion that you get from having consumed all of that or any of it really? It's fear. And when you feel fear, does your world get bigger or does it get smaller? It gets smaller, right? Literally, uh, if you think of fear, when people are actually under real fear, when they have something that really causes them to you know, go into the fight or flight mode and they're in the flight mode, you have you develop tunnel vision. Your, you, all your senses are starting to you know, operate on the level of avoid the conflict, get away from the danger, right? Well, when you're surrounding yourself with things that constantly keep you in a state of fear, you're never going to take the actions necessary to do anything other than create or manifest the the output of that fear in your actual life. And a more simpler way, I think a more practical way of expressing it is this. If you do not believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, next week is going to be better than this week, next year, and so on. If you don't believe it's going to be better... If you don't believe that ever-increasing levels of success come from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, I promise you, you sure as heck aren't doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You follow me? So the belief structure has to be that tomorrow is going to be better than today, which, by the way, it almost always is. Historically, that's always been true. Mm-hmm. You want evidence of that? Well, we're not living in caves anymore. And we have air conditioning. <laughs> exactly. I mean, life <laughs> has gotten significantly better. Yeah. And it is, uh, I think it's, um, it's not even an arguable point. That in the history of humanity, this is the best time ever to be alive. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So so history teaches all of us that things do get better. Tomorrow will be better than today, next week, next month. It's just a function of whether yours will be better than today, whether you're making decisions today that are going to lock in ever-increasing levels of success or, frankly, lock you out from ever experiencing ever-increasing levels of success. Ultimately, it all comes down to what you allow in your head. So media-free life, and this is a bonus point before we roll into our first point. If you want to really know how to have a practical, uh, profound effect on your mindset, completely purge all forms of media, except for this podcast, 
from your life. Oh, I am stepping on one of Julie's points. That's okay. She just pointed out to me. Point number three. Well, I won't elaborate on that. Okay. I'll wait for you to get to it's point. It's a cliffhanger. Julie spends hours on these outlines. And when I start rambling and, you know, I get step on her points. Eye. Yeah, she gives me the, what does Zoe call it? Bombastic side eye. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that's from <laughs> I don't you. Know. I get it all the time from her. Exactly. Well, so so just start, start out with the concept that you guys can actually control your mindset because you truly can, but you have to control what you're allowing to adversely affect your mindset or positively affect your mindset. Well, I think that's a great segue into this because probably all of our points down to that point that you just highlighted, you can control this. You can gain control of your mindset and decide whether in a good way or a bad way, is it going to be positive or negative? So let's start, let's jump in with our points. Number one, and again, we're talking about mindset mastery secrets to unstoppable success. These are a lot of observations and points that we have from talking to our most successful coaching clients, from our colleagues in the real estate industry, which we've been part of for about 30 years or so. So we have a lot of experience on this, guys. So point number one, the most successful agents have control over their attitude, approach, and expectations regarding the most important things, not just in real estate, but also in life. So let's dive into what those three things mean. And where can they find the notes, Tim? Oh, thank you. So the notes are down below. Um, and do take a look at Julie's notes. She just spent hours. Now she does have a loyal assistant called ChatGPT, which is helping her a lot to save time. Yes. Though she's egregiously using ChatGPT, she still doesn't believe in it. Is that true? We that- fight a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they have a dysfunctional relationship. We I'm do. telling you, the key to making chat GPT work. I say please and thank you. Yes, say please and thank you. Manners matters with a- with AI. I, I believe that's true. It I, is true. Even if it's not, I'm erring on the side of being polite. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because you don't want to have some, if you don't have this history with AI and the future AI of being rude. No, you, you can't don't have a contentious relationship. When it becomes AGI, it's going to remember. You know it's going to have, it's going to be amiable. I'm saying just in case, right? And hold grudges. For you sure. Know, you know it well. It seems like the type. Okay. Well, so the notes are down below. So scroll down below. All of our notes are there. When you're down there, do consider joining Premier Coaching. The link to join Premier Coaching is below. Um, and it does give you, there is free access to Premier Coaching. You can join now and it does include a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris certified coach. You can either go, you can click the link below or you can simply go to premiercoaching.com. Either way, gets you into the end zone and you can join Premier Coaching for free for 30 days full access. In the meantime, remember the notes for today's podcast and every podcast are down below in the show description. Or they're also like if you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify, Stitcher, I mean, YouTube, obviously, all the notes are there, so make sure you're following along. And yes, please do consider using these notes when you're creating uh, training content for your team or for your brokerage or whatnot. It is there for you to use. All right. So again, point number one is that the most successful agents have control of their attitude, their approach, their expectations regarding real estate and in life as well. So what is your attitude? It's simply how you feel about what you're going to do or try to do. You might say you have a good attitude about it or a bad attitude. It's how you feel. Your approach is the preparation you take when endeavoring on an action. And your expectations are what you believe the outcome will be before you take that action. It's the results that you intend to gain. So I have two examples here to illustrate that successful agents really do control their attitude, approach, and expectations. One from the listing standpoint, one from the buyer standpoint. First example, successful agents embrace the attitude that listings are the most important part of their business, that it's imperative to have listings at all times. They use their seven-step listing process, and they anticipate every appointment will culminate in a signed agreement, whether they are competing or not. So you see that the successful agents are approaching a listing appointment 
as if they already know that they're going to take the listing. And they know that because they're following the seven-step process. They have proof that the outcome works. So their attitude is, I'm, going to, I'm here to take the listing. Their approach is one of preparation because they've used the seven-step process. And their expectation is to walk away with the listing. The seven-step process is essentially the decoder ring for no longer winging it on listing appointments. And yes. that's part of the Premier coaching uh, system. So make sure, Premier users, you are absolutely locking into that. And please don't change the seven-step process. It's been proven to work in all price ranges and all market conditions. You know, we always are updating all the content, but the seven-step process has been in place for two decades. It definitely works. Well put. Okay, so the second example is on the buyer side. Again, attitude, approach, and expectations. While successful agents have a positive attitude about working with buyers, they approach that it is up to them to find the right house and negotiate with unwavering confidence. As a result, they deliver on what they promised the client versus feeling that they're just rolling the dice and see how it goes. So the successful buyer's agent owns the process. They know that it is up to them to deliver, and that's why they have that expectation. So in both examples, successful agents own the process. They're proactive. Their attitude, approach, and expectations are in alignment with the goals of their clients, and this results in a more predictable, less stressful business. By serving more clients at the highest level, the agent achieves their own goals as a result. You know, there's a psychological benefit to having an organized approach to real estate, like what we're describing and our premier coaching clients have been using for years, is that you actually will start discovering more opportunity because you are excited about the fact that you have that you know how to pre-qualify, the fact that you have a pre-listing pack that's going to give you a competitive advantage, the fact that you have a listing presentation sure. that you're anxious to use because you know it's going to win nine times out of ten. All of the instrumental things as part of, that are part of premier coaching, make it so you have an or orchestral result as far as the musicality, I'm saying all this nerd stuff for Julie, she's a musician. <laughs> I'm seeing where this goes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of the result. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was though. pretty good. Yeah, I thought you'd good. like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does get down to, we were talking about control. You get control and you get confidence once your skill set is there, right? I, I think about when coaching clients learn their objection handlers, for example. They can't wait to hear an objection because exactly. they want to actually handle it versus agents who don't know how to deal with that. They live in fear of the objection, which means that they don't go after the appointment in the first place because they're afraid of that being uh, perceived as rejection opposed to handling an objection. What everyone should be glad to hear is that very rarely, just focusing on sellers, because buyers, frankly, require a lot less skill. It's more of a social exercise. You like the house or you don't. But when you're coming to sell with sellers, especially sellers where they're making you compete for the listing, you will be thrilled to hear that they almost always say the same damn thing in the same exact order, almost like they're listening to our sister podcast that we designed to basically yes. educate sellers. The, the moral of the story is, is once you are comfortable with the pattern of conversations that usually happen uh, with all sellers, and once you know what they're going to say pretty much 100% of the time, and you know how to respond, you are anxious, eager, and excited to be in front of as many sellers as you can uh, possibly uh, be in front of. And then what happens as a result, you start magically discovering listing opportunities. This turns out they're there the whole time, but you're kind of hiding from them because you actually didn't know what to say or how to say it. Now that you do, you're incredibly excited. Doesn't that make sense? Makes a big difference when you have the skill set to back it up. So point number two, Successful agents have a great mastery of their ROI, that's return on investment. What do we mean by that? The strongest agents are constantly analyzing their return on investment regarding how they're spending both their time and their money. 
They know how to create and analyze profit and loss statements and review monthly or at least quarterly. They do more of what works and they prune away what doesn't work, hasn't worked yet, or hasn't worked well. If they're not getting more than they're spending in return, the expenditure isn't worth it. And by the way, breaking even doesn't count because of the time lost and effort expended to get to that result. Results actually mean trackable, profitable, closed business, not just leads, impressions, or likes. Make yeah. sense? No, it is. That's really important. Well, let's give them a book uh, suggestion. Um, so I will tell you before I give you this book suggestion that it, not all of you will like it um, because it's brutally honest and about essentially what the point of business is. When you guys hear Julie and I say your product is uh, your pro- profit is the product or what's the product of your business, what do you produce? It has to be profit or you don't have a business. That's really the bottom line truth. Well, we got that inspiration from the, a book called Profits Aren't uh, Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Mm-hmm. Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Um, definitely listen to that book, read that book. This is a great economy and great housing market to actually uh, consume that because it's going to give you a good baseline and how maybe you should think about business and life in general when it comes to being an entrepreneur. It definitely helps Julie and I. We will um, We usually listen to that when we go on our walks once a year, sometimes twice a year, because it does have a stabilizing sort of North Star effect with our decision-making process. We might think we're great business make, you know, business, business people with great you know, ability to make good decisions and whatnot, but every time we listen to that book, and, and no, the book's not sponsoring the show, we just love it, um, it, it does really help us to think clearly, and oftentimes what we find ourselves doing is cutting expenses. That's That's, true. that's really what it is. Like, as soon as it happens every single time, it forces us to be uncomfortable about overhiring, which we've done three or four times in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. That's right. It's a great book, and it's very direct, very concise, not for the uh, full-hearted, they say, I guess. Not for the faint of heart. But not for the faint of heart. Yes. And it, does, it talks about things like work, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, and not too long ago, we did a podcast about scheduling. So that's in there too. Very related. All right. Point number three, excuse me, the most successful agents are actively and aggressively isolating themselves from the media, both online and off. This resolves your cliffhanger at the top. Yep. Okay. So they're isolating away from media. They're making their world smaller regarding who is influencing them and what is influencing them. Following a media-free morning or media-free life is a good start. Eliminating negative feeds from social media is another good strategy to build a moat around your mindset. Their media is curated for success, not passively being fed to them. And there is a big difference between being passive about your media and just looking at whatever goes across the screen or you're scrolling versus the idea of curating what you put into your brain. Often, it, it's just too damn hard though, Julie, seriously. You can't- It's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work. There's too many different little data points for any, you know, even high IQ, um, you know, human to decipher. So the best thing to do is if you really, here's an interesting little effect for all of you. If you really want to know what an adverse effect media has had on you, go without it for a day or then extend it to a week and a month. And here's exactly what's going to happen. If any of you have ever gotten off caffeine before, you know, for whatever reason, you'll know what the withdrawal is like, right? So you're going to go, you're going to have in this exact same um, detachment process happens with media too. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel nervous. You're going to feel like with media, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm missing out. What does someone say? Say, what's the latest this, that, and the other? What did this politician, you know, what was his gaffe today? All this Mickey Mouse. You're going to go through this emotional uh, defrag and then this uh, physical, you're going to feel like you're physically missing something. It's fascinating. That's called addiction. Now, mm-hmm. when you are move past that initial phase, which can last as much as two or three days, 
Uh, then what you're going to enter in is you're going to enter this new phase where you're going to feel almost um, lonely because all of that stuff was creating emotional ties and bonds to you because you felt like you were part of that group, you know, the group that's, uh, you know, MAGA or the group that's this or the group that's that. All of your personal identifiers, how you actually saw yourself in the world, you've detached from. And now what happens after that is the true miracle of going media free. I, nothing. <laughs> That's what happens. Mm-hmm. So nature absorbs a vacuum. What that means is as soon as you remove something, something's going to rush back in there. So if you stay media free for long enough and you've, you've, uh, you know, withstanded the, the throes of going, getting off media, what's going to fall after that is going to be what you want in your life. You're going to start literally feeling better. You're going to start sounding better. You're going to start attracting more people to you. You're going to stop being lazy. You're going to start seeing opportunity everywhere. You're going to start this because why? You've removed all the psychological mooring lines, all the burdens you are carrying around that is media. That's now purged out of your life. Go you. And now you're going to allow in all these other thoughts and these feelings and these then at the actions will follow. Mindset, right? So if you're struggling with your mindset, it really is almost always due to the fact that you've overloaded your mind with all this negative input. you got to purge it. Otherwise, there's no room for new thoughts. Hopefully that resonates with all of you. Well, it makes so much positive space when you clear all of that stuff out, you know, and I think you make a good point that the first day or two, you don't even realize what a cloud that was over you and taking up all the space in your mind. I think it's part of the reason people feel like they're exhausted all the time. You don't realize what's causing that until it's gone. What screws with your sleep? I mean, you know, it's all the things. Makes your mind race, makes you not focused, makes you think you're hungry when you're not. Then you go to your caffeine, then you go to your alcohol, and then you're really tired and you don't get up on time. Yeah, but it also makes it so you have strange relationships with the people closest to you Mm -hmm. because you're always feeling anxious or you're hungry or you're whatever, and you're never like present with those people. And if those people are your children, your spouse, then it doesn't take too much time for your family to fragment. And that's unfortunately what has happened with a lot of society on a larger scale because we've allowed ourselves to be manipulated. And who are the people doing the manipulating? I got bad news and I've got good news for you. You are the one that's doing the manipulating because you're choosing to be manipulated. You can't blame big government, big politicians, big business, the Russians, the Martians, wherever the hell you're coming up with. Don't blame those external things. The reason that you are being manipulated is because you're choosing to allow yourself to be manipulated because you're dumping it. You're jumping into the, the beehive of mass media. You guys get it? If you want to really be free in your soul, the best thing to do, this place to start is essentially kicking out all the things that have essentially taken root that are clouding out the ability for the sun to make through. Uh, all the trees and all the foliage so that you can actually start allowing other things to to germinate. And that is exactly what going media free is all about. Very well put. So you guys do have control. There's a great example of that. Point number four, the most successful agents are hyper aware and educated on their local market conditions. They study what's selling, what's not selling, what's the hot price range and the zip codes. They know where new construction's being built. They know what's happening with mortgages. They're not hiding out, waiting for prices to crash or rates to be 3% again. In fact, their mantra or their saying is, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So I'll tell you what I'm going to add to point number four, and it's only a little micro point. Mm -hmm. If you want, this is something that uh, every time we mention it on our podcast, especially for those that don't know, we always get great comments, especially over like Instagram or whatnot. And here it is. Ready? Uh, If you want to really know how much opportunity there is out there, go to your MLS right now and do a search for all the expired listings in the last six months and 12 months. Now, 
What some of you are going to do is you're going to search in a, a MLS area uh, that's going to be too small. I said your entire MLS, and yes, in LA, I know that's massive. Search in your entire MLS, and I want you to look to see how many expireds there are. Expired listings, listings that uh, failed to sell with the first agent, or most likely, we know 90% of the time those get relisted and sold with 180, uh, within 180 days. We also know that in most cases, the expireds relist with their previous listing agent because they don't feel like they have a, another choice, another option. That other choice, other option is you if you introduce yourself to them. And that's what, you know, frankly, going after expireds is all about. If you want to know, if you want to truly see the facts, right? Not your version of the facts, the actual facts, go to your MLS right now as the homework and look to see how many expireds there are. Now I want you to figure out what the average commission is on those expireds. Chances are it's at least 10, maybe $15,000. Then I want you to do the math. How many of those expireds would you have to have taken and sold just the listings, one expired listed, one expired sold for you to have your best year ever this year? You see how you're constantly surrounded with opportunity? Do you see how you are absolutely awash with potential people to help and money to make? And you guys are living this sense of scarcity. Interest rates are too high. There's not enough of this, not enough of that. That's not true. There's more enough of everything. You just need to change your radio frequency to the essentially the channel that we're trying to get you guys to understand is out there at all times. Well, that's right. And I would take your number. You said, figure out your expireds, your uh, average commission, figure out how many of those you would need to meet or exceed your goals. Okay. So that does one thing that assumes that they actually had their goals sorted out, which is why we have the real estate treasure map and coaching. But you came to that number and I would say double that because let's say that your answer was 10 listings. I only need, I don't need all, why do you start broad with your search? So you see what's out there. You start broad. Maybe you're Overall, MLS has a thousand expireds over the past 90 days. And then you shrink it down a little bit because you might only need 10 yourself. Yeah, well, exactly. And maybe you want to go after certain, maybe a lot of the expireds are in an area that you don't want to work. Fine. Go after the expireds that you want to work. This, it, The whole point of this exercise is for you to remove from your mind the idea that there's a lack of inventory or lack of market, a lack of uh, opportunity in this market. It's absolutely not true. And if you're in most of the country where your average sale price is 700, 800,000, you guys got to start realizing that the only thing that's standing in the way of you becoming the best version of yourself as a real estate practitioner is you. So you can do something about it. Back and start the control idea. Exactly. Right? It is all, you are in control, you know? And so listen to this podcast again. We're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. If you're feeling motivated, if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling optimistic, please help us out and give us a five-star review and over on iTunes. And do leave a comment about why you like today's podcast. It means the world to us. Julie and I love reading those uh, five-star reviews in the morning. It always makes us smile. So if you care to make us smile, <laughs> give us a five-star review over on iTunes. We'd certainly appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.